after working with wood for a long time, um, just like the process of it, yeah. I think is like art because, you know, when you're even like choosing a board out of, you know, the cascade lumbers, you know, stand up lumber, uh, uh, little stand up lumber place. Um, you go in and you like, you look, you look down the board and see, you know, does the board have a bow or not? You know, does it have a crown? Um, and, uh, so like from looking down the lumber and feeling that board, um, it has like a feel to it, like a, almost like a soul. It doesn't yeah. have a soul, but it's like, it's got, it's talking to you. you know? Hey, Islanders, and welcome to episode 178 of the Camino Voice. Today, I speak with a featured artist of the month for May. Please welcome Rob Zelk. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Camino Voice podcast, where I interview local business owners, comedians, singers, and more. I dive into their backstory to find out how they got where they are, what are some of the tips for you to do the same, and find out where they're going. Tune in every week as I interview more of the people you see every day. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Commando Voice, where we release a new episode every Tuesday. Uh, well, except for last Tuesday, which I missed, and I apologize for that. Um, yeah, just an interview fell through and couldn't get someone filled in. So, anyways, thanks for coming back this week. I uh, hope you guys are having a good week. Here in the Northwest, we're having fantastic weather, and then we've got a big weekend ahead of us here, um, or or actually just happened. Uh, I'm recording on a Friday instead of a Monday, which is um, throwing me off a little bit. But I'm looking. I'm going to say this weekend was great because I think it will be. Um, we fixed a septic issue that could have been disastrous, but we got it fixed and solved before the the weekend. So we are. We're good to go. So looking forward to a great weekend. Lots of sunshine and a little too hot of sunshine at times. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, so that was our weekend. Hope your week was good as well. And, um, yeah. So I'm going to jump into this podcast. We get to talk with uh, Rob Zelk, who's the featured artist of the month for the month of May, which for those of you who are listening and that may be new, that is the third week of May through like the second to third week of April. So not April, June. I can do months. Um, So anyways, that is when, so if you're listening to this podcast right after release, uh, be sure to come out and check it out because it is really, uh, it's going to be a very unique display. Um, He's primarily doing wood carving and maybe all wood carving for his displays. Um, And uh, so yeah, be sure to come on up, check it out. Um, I think they're going to be really cool. But Rob also... Uh, so he's a, a remodeler and construction is his background, um, but has always been involved in the art. In fact, his great, great grandpa actually painted four of the large murals upstairs in the uh, Floyd Nygaard Center. So if you ever go up there, uh, be sure to check those out. So art actually runs through his veins, um, through his family lineage. And so he's continuing that tradition. Um, and uh, yeah. So we get into all of that stuff and more. We get into a little bit of background of like what Kamena was like when he first moved here. Uh, and also when his, uh, his grandma, grand, grandpa, grandpa, uh, also uh, when he was here, uh, they came to the island in the ni- early 1900s. Um, 1900s? I always forget how that works. I think that's right. Yeah. Anyways, 19 something something. Anyways, uh, so he talks a little bit about uh, walking the gravel road into town. And so... 
Anyways, we get into all of that and more. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Rob. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Camino Voice. Today, I'm here with the featured artist of the month for the month of May uh, 2023 in The Lock. Welcome to the podcast, Rob Zelk. Thanks, Brandon. It's good to be here. Yeah. Tell us, a little, before we get started, tell us a little bit about Rob. Well, uh, first, first and foremost, I'm a child of God. I love Jesus. Um, I, I'm a, uh, a husband. I am a father of three beautiful kids, and um, I'm a son um, of two great parents who live on the island. Um, I, uh, I'm a lover of art um, of all different kinds. Um, and um, a carpenter, a uh, contractor on the island okay. by trade. And, um, and yeah, so that's kind of like... You, you know, in a nutshell? Yeah, me in a nutshell. Quick, quick nutshell. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so have your parents lived here? Did you grow up on the island then? Um, I grew up in Seattle. I was born uh, in Seattle, and um, I spent the first 11 years of my life in... Laurelhurst, which is a suburb of Seattle, kind of by the UW. Okay. And uh, so, you know, I'd, uh, I had a good uh, childhood there and uh, would, at Laurelhurst Beach Club, spend a lot of time there in the summer and great memories. Would, you know, ride the bus into the U District, okay. go to the arcades and, <laughs> you know, go to the climbing wall at the University of Washington. I'd like, and, uh, and we spent a lot of time out in the, um, the, uh, they had these marshes out um, by the Arboretum and uh, spent a lot of time just, you know, playing and having fun, catching grasshoppers and newts. And, uh, like, we had, yeah, we had a good time. I had a good time growing up there. And, nice. Yeah. Very so cool. Spent 11 years in Seattle, and then we moved up to Camano. Okay. Cool. Was that a... I know Seattle was very different back then, but was, was that a still a really big change, kind of moving from the city to Camano? It was a big change. Um, it was a good change, though, because we moved up right when I came uh, out of elementary school, and so um, into middle school, and we had always had a cabin on Camino. Okay. Um, my uh, great-great-grandparents um, homesteaded on Camino, on the, like the north end of Atsalati, okay. Browns Point area. Yeah. And uh, so... Um, we, they grew up, uh, you know, they spent early 1900s, I think they came and, and wow. planted some roots. And uh, and my parents still live in one of those houses, um, those old houses that's been remodeled, but um, I think it was built in 1926. Okay. And um, so it's pretty fun to have some, some history around here. Yeah, that's really cool. Have you, Do you have any, like, um, stories or just kind of like, what it was like back when they first moved here? Well, um, yeah, my, uh, so when my grandpa first moved up here when he was little, he was, he was, uh, from Texas originally and, uh, um, but he got, um, adopted by the, Z- the Zelk family and, um, okay. uh, they, um, um, he moved up to this area, um, and, when he was young, he told me stories about walking into the first gas station around the area, which is in, was in Stanwood. Okay. And he would walk from North Camino to Stanwood <laughs> on the gravel road to 
uh, uh, his first job, which okay. was at the gas station. And wow. Then he would walk back, and he's they, he said uh, it was exciting when you saw a car. <laughs> so give you an idea of the time. I mean, uh, when I moved up here, um, there was no uh, there was no Hagen, there was no McDonald's. It was just there was Twin City. Elementary was still in the surrounded by farm fields over there. Yeah, and the whole upper Stanwood area was not there. Right, um, and so um, from when I moved up here, it's changed a lot. And you know, all the, um, <clears throat> you know, as you grow and you change with the change that's happening, you don't really realize it. It's like a frog being boiled in water, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and uh, so like, so but looking back, you know. A lot of the, you know, the trees that were around are gone. A lot more people, a lot busier, and it's it's good and bad at the same time. But, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, I've um I've interviewed a few different old timers from the island, and uh, yeah, they're you know <laughs> like everyone discovered the island, and now it's like crazy busy and crowded. And yeah, we used to go down to English Boom, and we called it Bullet Beach because that's where you go. People went to shoot, you know, and we find. <laughs> bullet shells all over I thought it was you know really fun cool thing to do and so um and now like uh you know it's too bad too because a lot of the places I used to fish you can't fish anymore because it's you know uh private property okay like on the shore yeah um and people are more uh uh vigilant about who's on their beach and not I get right uh, so yeah. yeah no and and you know with a lot of that it's um it's because we have so many more people. Like you let one person through and then they go tell their friend like, oh, I found this great beach. You can go here. And then, you know, then they've got like a picnic in front of their house. And they're like, what is going yeah, on? Yeah. We need like a original Camino passport card. And if you have that, you can go to the <laughs> beaches, you know, and you just show the owner. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, I was here before you. No. <laughs> no. It's, yeah. So I can understand that, you know, that point of view. If it was my beach... But I want everybody running up and down it, you know, but uh, it's yeah. kind of sad at the same time, you know, so yeah, it's, uh, there's pluses and minuses. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you know, <clears throat> me sitting here in one of the bigger, I mean, us, the plaza, and there's been other places too, but, you know, one of the more developed areas on Kameno uh, for taking out, you know, trees and other things there. So um, I guess I can't speak too much to it, but I, I do, when we moved here in 95, um, I mean, when you drove through Stanwood, if it was like past seven, it was just dark. There yeah. was no stores open. There was, everything was lights out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so I moved up in 96. So okay. it was the same kind of Era feel. Time. Yeah. 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 And it, you know, it, it's been a good place though to grow up. The change, um, from the city to the country was big in the city. I remember, you know, uh, sirens at night a lot and, uh, yep and the noises of the city. Um, and up here, you know, you do hear, I guess nowadays you do hear once in a while siren, but it's pretty rare. And, uh, you know, the, the noises are, you know, maybe coyotes in the yeah. distance or something like that. Yep. Um, and uh, so, uh, but I love fishing and being outside. So yep. um, I knew there was good fishing up here. Um, and I, lo- I And so I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I do remember one of the houses we had, um, we had a decent amount of property. And so I would, in the mornings, sometimes I'd go out and, um, you know, if I was going to do like a Bible study or prayer time or just, 
just sit outside. I could just go find a rock and just sit there, and then you could just be still, and, like, you wouldn't hear anything. Yeah. It was... So nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I always thought, you know, I always thought, like, oh, man, like, I'll, how will I ever get used to, like, living in a city or anything like that? Yeah. Uh, and I've never lived in, like, a large city. The biggest one is probably probably the one I live now in, in Mount Vernon, and we kind of live in a neighborhood. So you hear lawnmowers and stuff like that, but it's not like yeah. you're in the city. Yeah, and you get used to it. It's like, you know, it's like hopping into an old car because mm-hmm. uh, you're, uh, like... And you're drive, you drive that old car for a couple of weeks, and then that's your car. You know, it's like you're used to it. It's the feel that, you know, you're used to that feeling. Yeah. And, uh, and then so you don't know what you're missing when, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, but old cars are good. I like old cars. And, um, you know, and they're just, they just get where you need to go. So, um, um, but you get used to it. You yeah. Know? Like living in the city, it, it's harder, um, you know, thinking about it, I think, a little bit of my soul dies when I think about living in a city, but yeah. that's just me. Some people love it. Yeah. So, and, and we need cities because that, that keeps most of those people in the cities and that's good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love people from the city, but cause I'm, I'm from the city really, but, um, but you know, um, I'm glad everybody doesn't enjoy, you know, being out more rural cause then we'd have everybody everywhere. So, yeah. Well, and I do, um, especially after, doing work and, and being in places and stuff like that. And I've, like I said, I've never lived like downtown Seattle or anything like that, but I've spent a lot of time in cities and the piece I really enjoy about being in a city is that you get to walk everywhere. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, the reason you do that is cause it's actually more efficient to walk than to actually get in your car, trying, you know, circle for a half hour trying to find parking. Yeah. Um, and so I enjoy that piece of it. Even when I've traveled abroad to different countries and stuff. Yeah. I enjoy that piece of it. Like it's fun to walk the city, see the people living their normal lives and then feel like you're part of them. Yeah. And you know, the people in the city can be amazing that have, that have been there a long time. It's like they put down their great, great grandparents put down roots in the city and, and you know, his dad was a barber or whatever. And this old barber shop you go in and, and uh, or the old, you know, uh, bakery or whatever it is. And there's the history there that's just beautiful, too. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. So <clears throat> when did you um, get started in art? Is it something that's always interested you or was there a point in your life where it really hit you? Yeah. So I've been drawing since I was little mm-hmm. um, and my dad uh I could always bring him a picture and he could draw it. You like a of King Kong, I remember, and he I, I brought him this picture of King Kong and I said, Dad, can you draw me this? And he was like, and he, he just and he did a you know he just drew King Kong like exactly like the picture and I couldn't believe it. Wow. And um and so my dad uh, is a talent is a talented artist and his mom um my my grandma was a talented artist and my other grandma was a talented artist and my great great grandpa. Um, uh, was a was a painter by trade, commercial. Okay. And he did gold leaf and varnish and banks and gold leaf on on uh, windows and stuff. And he also painted as an artist pictures. And he was part of the Odd Fellows in Stanwood. Okay. And so if you go into the Floyd Nygaard Center in the upstairs, he he did the four big murals on the walls upstairs really? in the building. And there's one painting as well. 
And so he was part of uh, the Sons of Norway also. And so he did all the stencil work in the Sons of Norway and, um, and in the downstairs of the Floyd Center in the upper, upper part of the, you know, the, the corner of the built uh, ceiling. There's all the stencil work. Very cool. And we have a bunch of his paintings too. So, so I started fooling around with just drawing and I, I liked to do also uh, pen and ink. So like okay. kind of like dipping a quill into ink and just drawing on paper. But, yeah. uh, you know, the, you can buy the metal quills, whatever you call them, uh, from the store. And I used to like to make pictures with those. And uh, that's how I kind of started. And when I was little, you know, I, I didn't really uh, carve or anything like that. I mm-hmm. was... Uh, I, I mean, I carved like wood as uh, like spears and stuff. Yes, exactly. Like, That's so, what I did. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so that was about the extent of that. But uh, um, so as I grew, um, um, I knew I knew of the artists in my family, and um, and I think I got inspiration from that, you know, um, mm-hmm. just naturally, and uh, kind of wanted to kind of do the same kind of thing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. So then, um, as you were getting older and stuff, were, was it something, um, you mentioned that you, you do construction and you've gotten involved in that. When did that kind of come about? Was that as you were getting out of high school? So I finished high school and I went to uh, Eastern Washington University in Cheney. And um, I would do jobs during the summer, construction jobs. Okay. Like, my first one was uh, drywall. Yeah, and that was a hard job. (laughs) Like, crazy respect for drywallers. And um, uh, so, drywall during the summer, and then I'd come back, go to school, and then uh, when I got done with college, um, I got a... um, I studied uh, political science. Okay. And so, I have a bachelor's in political science from Eastern... And that's not really what I wanted to do. That's just kind of like I had enough credits to uh, to fulfill that requirement, and and that was like the one I I could get a degree in like qu- the quickest. So yeah, it wasn't like I planned on that. But um, but after college, I came back and I needed money, and um, I started working for a fellow named Kip Guzay, um, who was a contractor on Camino and. Um, I worked for him for uh, about a year and a half, two years, and he retired. And then I kind of uh, started my own business Okay. Um, with a friend. And we um, um, we just started, you know, doing some construction. And we, uh, you know, we, at first we didn't really, um, I knew a little bit, and um, but I had a lot to learn. And so, um, but that's how I got started. Okay. Um, Nice. And so when you were getting started with construction, um, were you, was there a specialty you were going for? Were you kind of just going for general work? Um, you know, the goal was we had big plans to have, like, trucks and, like, be building, you know, custom homes and, you know, have a fleet. And, <laughs> and we had big plans. But, yeah. But, you know, I think... Uh, you know, you have plans and God has other plans. And so like, uh, and so it seemed like we, we just couldn't get out of the remodel. Uh, okay. cause we, that's what I knew how to do. Yeah. And that's what we just kept doing. And then even when like I had a chance to, 
you know, be a builder um, for a project, I went into the bank to, uh, you know, to get approved as yeah. a builder. And the bank's like, you can't be a builder on a project because you've never built a whole house before. And I was like, well, how am I supposed to build a whole house if you won't let me, you know? So it's like, it's, it's a silly thing. Um, but, um, and that was in 2007 and oh, eight. Oh my so, word. Yeah. so it was kind of like the worst time to, to, to be trying to be a builder. Right. Um, and so we did a lot of, um, a lot of remodel work and all phases of remodel from like structural, um, structural, major structural, um, work to, um, some, to siding and windows and doors and a lot of that. And then, um, and we, we've done, a, a, I've done a lot of remodel work, mostly remodel work, um, and some new construction too. But. Okay, nice. So did you end up getting the, figuring out a way to get the loan for the house, for the um, building? N- so I, I, uh, on that house, I, um, no, I wasn't. So, okay. Yeah. So, um, but I was a part of that project, but, um, I did the framing, but I, I wasn't able to to be the builder so right to this day so i still haven't worked with a bank to yeah. be um a builder on the building project and which which is fine and so it's kind of like um you know that was uh this is my 16th year in business so it's like uh um it's just kind of a groove that i fell into it's like and i've done uh i've worked you know on new construction projects that i've managed yeah. um uh that uh ground up uh that since then but it's been for for like uh people with the money to do it not yeah not having to get a loan so right um so it's been good and uh, you know as i get older i realize that um you know uh that dream of having a fleet and that's that's not really what i want um and so uh I'm happy with where I am now and because um, I, I can do big projects and I and I have, you know, a lot of good subcontractors that help. I have friends that are contractors that would team up with me to do bigger projects. Yeah. Um, uh, and so, um, and I've, I've been a part of, uh, uh, you know, I've been a part of, you know, building stuff at the coffee roasters too and that, that's been super fun. Like, yeah. A good learning experience. Um, and so all these experiences have brought me to a place where I can, can build a custom home if someone wants Mm -hmm. and I would, um, and maybe it'll happen and maybe it won't happen. And that's fine too. Yeah. Cause I, as I get older, it's harder for me to, you know, my body slowly breaking. And, (laughs) uh, so I'm, I'm, you know, trying to put one foot in the, in the art world slowly and as time goes on, um, maybe a little bit more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, uh, so, um, but I enjoy building. I do. Yeah. Um, it's another, it's another way to be creative and, yeah. and it's fun to find the clients that let you be creative, um, in the building process. So, yeah. Well, and that reminds me of the, um, the torch burned, um, well, you did some of the wall, but you also did the t- table, right? Or for uh, so we had a collaborative workspace, and you did a lot of the work there. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, in in, uh, in Huddle. Yes. Is, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I did uh, I did the remodel of that building, and um, yeah. So we did uh, um, you know I think uh, the Japanese word is yakisugi. Okay. Um, Americans call it shusugiban, and that's the 
the um, burning of cedar and treating it with oil and uh, and so we cladded the walls with that and that was a fun project like um, um, Henry came in and did the spray paint art on the wall yep. which was super fun I'd never seen that before so that was like inspiring and I was <laughs> like wow and uh, um, so that was a f- super fun to be a part of that um, yeah. and that's like that was like yeah one of the highlight projects that I've done so nice. I like that project yeah yeah that was very cool um, so then as you, you know, you were doing construction and stuff like that. When did you kind of, have you always continued in art or was there a point where you started being able to like kind of step one foot back into it? So in college I did watercolor paintings. Um, and that's just like what I had. Uh, I had some watercolors and that's, so I was like, how am I going to use these? And I don't think I used them right. Cause I would like, <laughs> use a, like, I just like really bright colors and so and like really uh vibrant colors so i would put on <laughs> put it on super thick and uh and that's just what i like to do and um and so i painted watercolors in college a lot and um then as i got out of college i you know i never really thought of myself like i want to be an artist really um but but i liked to do it mm-hmm. and so I, um, as I did construction, I kind of lost, um, you know, a lot of the construction is, is very mundane. Yeah. It's very, I want hardy, uh, bevel siding. I want, you know, uh, the same old, same old thing. And they, yeah. and they, people want, you know, what everybody else has. And so it gets boring. And, um, <laughs> so when you can find somebody who wants something different and unique, and uh, where you can, uh, you know, I like I like a rustic building. I like rustic. I, I appreciate modern design, though. Yeah. And um, uh, so I can appreciate everything, but I, I really like doing more rustic work. Um, and so um, it's fun when you can find clients that allow you to be creative and uh, do concrete countertops or... Um, or do like uh, you know? I make sometimes I make fish fish tiles and put them in showers. Okay. Um, and um, so that sort of thing is really fun. Or just like doing a, a unique, you know, timber type construction or uh, concrete is interesting to work with. Um, it can it can you know have lots of different forms. Yeah. And um, and so and and colors and textures and and so. Um, as I did, uh, did that more and more construction work, um, I did have, I did do a little carving and before we started having kids Okay. and, um, and, but like I started a carving and I think it took me like a year to finish. Like it was a, a carving I did out of some. Uh, reclaimed redwood deck boards and I made a canvas of them and I carved a couple of fish into them and it took a really long time and I didn't I was using hand chisels okay and uh and, and I was like there's got to be a better way <laughs> and so it was like taking forever so I bought a tool I think my dad got it for me for Christmas and it was a a, a wood shaping tool and it just made it way easier and better yeah and uh and that and so that was really fun but I I didn't like after that, I didn't do a lot because we started, we had, you know, when you have kids, um, the focus changes and, yeah. you know, you're being a father and, and, uh, 
and uh, and then you have to you know work a little bit more and you know, <laughs> got to feed the kids. <laughs> got to feed the kids, and uh, so uh, I think it was a while, uh, and so recently um, I've done more carving than I ever have, and um, and you know I had a couple big cedars on my property that were topped years ago. So they had these big spires that went up and one of them fell on our house. Oh my word. And and so I figured those got to come down. So we cut those down and I had those milled up into different kinds of lumber. And I had, so I have a lot of slab material and um, so I have a lot of, lot of good cedar to carve right now okay which is fun and that's kind of inspired different projects whether it's like tables or doors um carving uh carving slabs um and so um i built uh my deck out of that cedar too okay so a lot of it was decking material and stuff like that dimensional lumber but i have a lot of live edge and that sort of thing so yeah very cool and was that something that like was kind of a combination of you had done construction and so you you wanted to take an art approach to woodworking and stuff like that? Yeah, so you know after working with wood for a long time, um, just like the process of it, yeah. I think is like art because you know when you're even like choosing a board out of you know the cascade lumbers you know, stand-up lumber, uh, uh, little stand-up lumber place. Um, you go in and you like, you look, you look down the board and see, you know, does the board have a bow or not? You know, does it have a crown? Um, and, uh, so like from looking down the lumber and feeling that board, um, it has like a feel to it, like a, almost like a soul. It doesn't have a soul, but it's like, it's got, it's talking to you, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, flipping it over and seeing the other side. Okay. Okay. All right. And, and then, you know, shaping the board, then putting it up on the wall and it's all a physical like interaction with that board. And it, it, uh, and so even putting a board, you know, um, can be, um, you know, part of the process, the art process, um, just putting a board, you know, wrapping a window or something like that on a building. And, um, but, uh, having that, uh, idea of, um, all your projects being kind of an art and, um, you know, it, I think it makes life more fun. Mm -hmm. And so when you're more involved in it and care about it, it turns out better, you know, I think. And so, um, as I do more projects and have uh, the ability to like build uh, live edge tables or um, bring some of that um, rustic wood in and be able to work with that, um, I can use that in construction projects. And so like, um, but uh, it has um, influenced my art, just the live edge and the, Bringing it into some projects has influenced my art for sure. Yeah, um, very cool. So when you started getting into woodworking, what are um, did you take classes or anything like that, or just kind of figure it out as you went along? Um, no, I didn't take classes. So 
I love, I love um, Native American art. Okay. Yeah. Particularly, like, I love it, um, and so I have books on it, and I watch a lot of really boring like shows <laughs> about the the Haida um, Native Americans who uh, that you know live um, up in BC, and uh, like shows about their history and um, who they were and why they did what they did and the, the poles they carved and uh, um, the different villages up uh, and the, the different styles and um, the stories that the poles uh, told. And I something about that is really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not a Native American, um, but it has influenced my art and I appreciate it. So it's a, it's a, it's a art form that is, um, that's really, really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So then, um, um, uh, what, uh, what are some of the big projects that you're working on right now as far as the art on the art side? Um, so right now I'm getting, uh, I'm doing a couple, uh, relief carvings, um, uh, ones of a blue heron and the other ones of, um, some kingfishers. Okay. And, uh, um, I love kingfishers. They're a really cool bird and I see them a lot. And, uh, um, and so those are, um, carved into cedar. Okay. And, uh. Um, so there'll be ones a person could hang on their wall, okay, and yeah. uh, with live edges. And um, then I have one of eagles. Um, that's uh, and so I also am, am carving um, and making a couple uh, orcas. So okay. the orca. So what it is is pretty much just like a big dors- big dorsal fin of yep. cedar, and um, the base is going to be a black cement. And um, so what I'll do is um, uh, I'm making molds to, um, to pour the cement into. Um, and then I'll mount, uh, I'll mount and shape the, uh, the cedar fin to the top of it. Okay. And I think, uh, I think I'll probably um, uh, leave the, ce- the cedar like a wood and then have the concrete base um, just be a different... Uh, look a different medium, you know, and ha- try to keep them separate, not yeah. try to, um, so I don't know how it'll um, turn out in the end, but okay. um, I'm going to have those up, up uh, ready for um, for showing too pretty awesome. soon. So, yeah. Very cool. So then um, when you're doing a, when you're uh, doing your creative process and you're planning this out, um, are you like we talked about like when you you're, you're even looking at like base lumber you're kind of feeling it and seeing how it's going to go when you're looking at your pieces and slabs and stuff that you have when you pull it out when you're looking at it are you do you usually like upon looking at it kind of have an idea of like okay this I feel like I really want to do this with this piece Yeah you know uh, sometimes I'll, I'll look at a piece of wood and, and I'll have just from the grain of the wood and where the knots are, 
um, it'll it'll tell me something different. Like um, like maybe it wants to be a fish or it wants to be a bird. Mm-hmm. And um, um, and sometimes I change my mind too. So it's like uh, I I'll draw it on there in pencil or in charcoal, and I'll um, and I'll look at it for a little while. Yeah. And sometimes I'll just. I'll walk away and then I'll erase the whole thing and then I'll come back and then I'll try it again. And, and, uh, maybe I'll flip the wood over and see if I like that one better. And, um, and then I'll erase that one and then I'll come back and I'll look at it again and, uh, and then I'll flip it on its side and it'll be like, Oh, that's, that's where it needs to be. And there needs to be a couple of fish. Yeah. And, um, and so, um, so yeah, it's, uh, you know the the wood tells a story yeah and um and so uh that that isn't like always a quick process right um sometimes it takes some days of me walking by it and it's just sitting there and i i go and i look at it for a while and uh, and then i draw something on there then i leave and then i come back and then i draw a little bit more and, okay and uh and so yeah um, it, it takes time, you know, before I really dive into it. Like, it's kind of like a construction project, too. Like, a lot of times I'll be, like, whether I'm, I'm working on my house or, or whatever I'm doing, I'll, I'll, I'll look at it for a while and I'll think about it. Mm-hmm. And my wife's like, why, why don't you just, why don't you do something? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I, I'm, I am doing something. I am, I am wrapping my mind around it, you know. I'm... <laughs> And she doesn't really understand uh, that as much, Um, but uh, but that's part of the process, you know, for me. Yeah. And um, and and that's part of the fun too. Um, And it's not something that I just rip into and and do it. Yeah. And uh, because that's just not really how I work. Yeah. That's a much smarter way to approach construction, which instead of my version, which is you, you're like, oh, yeah, that looks pretty simple. Try and do it. Realize you're missing like three different things. Run to Ace. <laughs> come back. Realize I got the wrong things. Run to Ace. Come back. And so a probably like 20-minute project turns into an all-day project. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> so um, so when you're working on a medium like wood carving, um, obviously it's not like... Uh, like a drawing or something uh, where you can just go and easily erase something. Have you ever had it where you have a piece that you've been working on and then a tool slips or whatever and it ruins it? You know, uh, yeah. So um, I've had, you know, you have an idea of what you're trying to do and sometimes you you carve the wood uh, too thin or something and it breaks. Or, you know, I'll start off, um, I start off with a chainsaw and, um, I'll, I'll I rough out everything. So okay. I'll, I'll mark areas that I'm going to chunk, chunk out, you know? And, uh, and once I get all those areas out, then I go back in with smaller tools and, um, and shape and shape it, get the shape going on. Yeah. And, uh, and a lot, of, yeah, sometimes the chainsaw will, you know, will, uh, will grab a hold and and pull the pull it up uh, pull the bar up or you know um and so you can't get too comfortable with it's like with your skill saw or or, um any saw table saw or chop saw you don't want to be too comfortable with it or else um that's when you'll end up getting hurt you know so um so respect for the saw and then um but yeah you know uh so when it does happen 
sometimes it changes the whole thing. And, and uh, I haven't had it happen, like, ruin a piece yet. Um, I, prob- I probably will, but, um, <laughs> but you know, um, usually you, it's like, uh, you know, uh, you know, Bob Ross says there's what there's no mistakes there's happy accidents you know yeah. that, like or something so like you can change it and you can change it and make it work because it's uh you know that's the cool thing about it is you know if if you really mess something up somewhere you just change it and um and nobody knows so, yeah <laughs> you know yeah that's really cool um awesome um so tell us a little bit about the pieces that you're going to be bringing to the loft okay so yeah so um I have uh, two two a piece that has two kingfishers um, in some in a cedar slab, and these kingfishers are sitting in a tree, and um, you know one's just kind of bedded down, the other one's kind of more alert and mm-hmm. looking around, um, and uh, so uh, yeah, medium is is cedar, um, and then uh, one is of a blue heron. Um, kind of walking through the marsh and it's uh uh you know the the moon the, there's a moon is 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 kind of out in the in the piece um and uh shining up above shining down on the heron and um and so and then the other ones of just of two eagles perched in a tree and that's okay. a bigger one um and um and then yeah i'm gonna bring uh the orc, the orca, uh, the orca is swimming. Um, there's three of them, and uh, they're kind of surfacing. So, uh, what you'll see is you'll see just the big fin coming up, and then a little bit of the back. Okay. And then, it, then they kind of uh, they're they're coming up from the floor. Yeah. And so y- you don't see any other part of them, but a, a bit of the back and the and the big dorsal fin coming up. Okay. And so they're hunting, hunting in the for some salmon. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, very cool. So, again, um, uh, his show is going to be up from the third week in May through about the second to third-ish week in uh, June. So uh, if you're listening to this podcast during that time period, be sure to stop in and see that. Um, Awesome. Well, I like to end every podcast with some rapid-fire questions. All right. So the first one is, what purchase of $100 or less have you endured the most in the last three months? Hmm. You know, I was thinking about about this. I think honestly, it's uh, a bag of some medium roast Papua New Guinea from <laughs> your coffee shop. <laughs> I didn't pay him for this. <laughs> I didn't pay him for this, but uh, I, I couldn't think. I haven't bought a lot of stuff in the last three months. So I was like, "What do I enjoy most?" I enjoy a nice cup of coffee in the morning. It like, is nice. Like <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who is the most influential person outside of your family in your life? Um, I think the the most influential person in my life, uh, besides my family, has probably been Chuck Missler. Mm-hmm. Um, Chuck Missler is a um, uh, has a ministry in Post Falls, Idaho, uh, called Koinonia House, and um, Chuck, um, the Lord used Chuck um, to speak into my life, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and I would go when I was uh, when I didn't know the Lord, I would go from Cheney in my college town, drive over to Post Falls, Idaho, which was 40 minutes away, and I'd listen to him uh, preach over there. And he, he's got uh, videos online, um, sermons 
just like more than you could ever take in and a uh, super interesting guy um, and um, anyone, uh, I mean, very scientific um, in the way he thinks and his uh, background. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, he just, uh, the Lord just used him in my life as uh uh, just someone who I couldn't get enough of listening to to the way he he preached, and I um, so um, I've spent many hours listening to Chuck. So nice, yeah, very cool. All right, this is a fill in the blank question. I know this is weird, but I've always wanted to blank. Uh, I've always wanted to go to Chile. Okay. Yeah, I want to go to Chile and fly fish. I love the fly oh, fish. Oh, nice. And uh, you know, Chile, I've. I've heard it's a lot like here, um, and so the, the temperature differences it depends on where you go in Chile because it's really yeah, it's long, very long, <laughs> really long. So up in the north it's warm, you know, but down in the more southern part of it, uh, it's a lot like here. So I've always had a dream of like, oh, I'm gonna go to Chile, you know, and and uh, you know, so- someday maybe. Yeah, but it's probably gonna be like, you know, the, one of those places that you think you always want to go to, and then like you get there and it's different than what you thought it was gonna be because you. You know, you don't know what it's like. Right. So um, hopefully I'm not disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds cool, though. That'd be a fun trip. All right. Who's an interesting or fascinating person that I should interview next? Uh, I think you should interview. um, Let me think about this. Um, It's a hard question. That's all right. You can also send me answers later. No. uh, (laughs) Um. Let's see. I think you should. Um, let me think about that. Yeah. No, you're that. good. I'll, I'll bug you later. All right. And lastly, what piece of advice would you give your 20 year old self? Hmm. My 20 year old self. Uh, gosh. My 20 year old self d- didn't know the Lord and uh, w- w- wouldn't. Uh, even give God a chance. And so I'd say, you know, give God a chance, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, he changed my life. You know, yeah. Jesus changed my life. So um, I'd have to say, um, you know, don't take life too seriously um, and, uh, and you know, enjoy it because, you know, tomorrow isn't promised to you. So, yeah. yeah so, um, so, yeah. Awesome. So I'd say, um, I'd say, uh, so, um, person that you should interview um man i had someone in mind um let's see i think you should interview um i think you should interview an artist on the islands um his name is glenn nash okay do you, do you know glenn yeah you do have you interviewed him no i haven't you haven't well, Glenn, he, I used to paint with him like once a week for a period of time. And uh, we'd go to his house and we'd just sit and paint, for, you know, for an evening. And he's super interesting, um, talented artist, very talented artist. And he's, okay. he's like one of the most humble artists I know. He, okay. like, he doesn't sell art. And uh, so um, I'm trying to, I try to encourage him too. But I think he would be fun to interview because he's Absolutely. got lots of good stories too. So Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's a great suggestion. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks, Brennan. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's a pleasure. And Islanders, I will talk to you on the next one. 
Well, a big thank you to Rob Zelk for joining me on the podcast today, and thank you for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. It really does help us be found by other islanders like yourself. And thank you again for listening to the greatest little podcast focused on tomato in the Northwest. And uh, we will see you guys on the next one.